Did you hear but, that the what, plague? They found a case of the plague yesterday. Yeah, I heard that. What else? Man? 20, was that on your bingo card? <laughs> it was not on my 2020 bingo well, card. Well, we skipped the murder hornets, so there had to be something. Right. But anyway, we're going to put all of that nonsense aside, at least for a little bit, and uh, we're going to go ahead and chat with – we got a full day of podcasting, but we're going to go ahead and chat with all-around metal enthusiast and metal security guard, and I don't know, he's got a bunch of other – he said he said that he guarded the stacks. Um, I don't know what that means. But we're going to get him on the line because it means I know he's got the a bunch full of stacks, man. Oh. Like when you have uh, four by twelve cabinets and fucking yeah, but most of them are empty, aren't they? Like with Judas Priest and stuff, aren't they like empty and they're using direct boxes? Oh, dude! I before we get him on the line, I got a story. <laughs> <laughs> right, and then we'll ask him if it's true. So when I lived in Vancouver, uh, the guy that serviced my guitars was Mick Mars Guitar Tech for th- mm-hmm. the girls 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 tour. And um they like they had I don't know if you saw that tour. Mm-hmm. With the drum set and the spinning yeah. drum set, but they had like yep. rows and rows of marshals on stage and they all looked like they were on. But they were all empty and they were just the lights were powered by <laughs> by 9 volt batteries. <laughs> That's what I've heard. It's a funny thing. I've heard that a lot actually. And and he had a, kids used to do that. And he had a Fender amp a little Fender combo amp under the stage, and that's what they used. That's so funny. <laughs> all right. With okay. all that being said, let's get uh, Bobby Black on and see what he's got to say. Thanks for joining us. Let's pre-take the time. As, that's my partner, Chris. How you doing, man? Hey, how are you, man? Fantastic. What are you up to right now? Just getting woke up. It's still a little early here. Where are you? I'm in Colorado. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. That is early. What is it? That's like, what, 8.30 there right now? Yeah, it's 8.30. You got nice weather. Weather's probably killer, right? Yeah, I imagine. It's about 95 here in Virginia with a 95% humidity rate. It's not so beautiful. Wow. God, I do not miss the humidity. Oh, I do not miss the humidity. Fuck, in North Virginia yesterday, it was 100 degrees with 75% humidity. Oh, my God. It was so fucking hot. (laughs) It was like you'd walk outside and like the thing I like about it is that you don't need an iron, right? Because you just put on your wrinkled clothes (laughs) and you walk out the door and you're fucking good to go. Yes. You don't need an iron. (laughs) (laughs) You know me. I'm a suit and tie guy. (laughs) Nice. Anyway, Bobby, thanks for joining us. What have you been up to these days? Well, uh, right now I'm in the midst of producing a movie, and it's probably one of the most difficult things I've ever done. You doing it all yourself? Yeah, yeah. I just brought on an assistant producer to give me a hand, but uh, yeah, it's been a rough go. I've been an actor for 25 years, and this producing is it's for the birds. I tell you, it's hard work, man. Like, <laughs> let me, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm from the film business, so I just... Um, I my history is in the film business. I mean, I'm I'm not anymore. But um, when you say producing, do you mean like you're funding the film, or you're directing the film, or you're doing all of that? I've done. I've I've uh, I put together the cast, the crew. Um, I did all the locations. I did all the contracts. I'm raising all the money, uh, and I'm trying not to go crazy at the same time. Crazy. Yeah. That- so you're a true DIY movie. Yes. That's, yes. What's the movie about? It's a uh, tattoo comedy. It's about uh, a tattoo shop 
and uh, all the hijinks and shenanigans that take place in there, keeping it funny. There's a there's a good story arc. Um, there's some uh, some drama. There's some there's some uh, romance, and uh, there's a there's a lot of fun in it. There's a lot of fun. The first time we had a roundtable reading, everybody was just absolutely cracking up the whole time. Nice. So, did you write the script as well? No, my buddy Idolo, my partner in uh, Chamber Peace Films, he wrote it, and he'll be directing and doing DP on it. Oh, cool. Nice. And um, sorry, I'm a technical guy, so I always ask questions. Um, are you shooting on DSLR? Or are you going to go with like a RED cam? What are you guys doing? Uh, we're not going with a RED. We've got a – oh, geez, I can't remember. That's okay. It doesn't um, matter. It's a, I mean- it's a, it's a 4K – of some sort. I don't know. That's nice. We were talking with the guys in Mushroom Head the other day. They were shooting an 8K. Yeah. Yeah, there's some crazy stuff going on out there. That's a little outside <laughs> our budget right now. Oh, yeah. We're keeping, it, we're keeping it real small, you know? I, I get it. No, the guys in Mushroom Head, they had an 8K camera shooting raw. That's- Wow. <laughs> I was just like, I can't even imagine how big those files are. Oh, I know. It's fucking crazy. I did, I did yeah. a bunch of, I did a bunch of work for Disney. Uh, a few years ago and I was working with their technology department and they were shooting at 8k 120 frames a second raw the data rate was one gigabit per second wow wow <laughs> it was fucking crazy they wow. were sh- they imagine were sh- the drives they were shooting they were shooting to SSD raids like <laughs> oh man that's when wow. you know you have fucking cash to burn I can't even imagine the kind of machine you'd have to use to edit that stuff. Oh, they were, it was all done at the Swiss Institute of Technology. So they had like anything at their disposal. Yeah. Cause they were based in Switzerland and it was fucking crazy. I was just like, Holy fuck. And they, they had developed all this weird technology so that you could mm-hmm. change the frame rate of pixels uh, comparatively to other pixels around it. It was really, really. Trippy. Yeah. It was super trippy. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, if you get a chance, go check out the mushroom videos. I think Heresy is the one that we were like going, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's really cool because huh? they're doing all these weird things. Uh, what do you say? They were running at at like what, at they 60 were, or 80 and then dropping they, to... They had record at 48 and then drop it to 24. Wow. And so, they were getting all these really cool effects. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine how deep that would be. You know, it would look so... Just so I have so much depth. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty intense. So, when do you guys start shooting? We start shooting on August 16th and uh we finish up on August 29th. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then and we're is hoping, there a, is uh, there a title or working title? The working title is The Shop. Oh, nice. And you can find it on IMDb just The Shop 2021. All right, cool. How did you get involved in filmmaking? Well, um, I got my, my partner, Idolo, he's a writer and a producer. He's a writer and a director and a DP, but he's, he's not very good at negotiations and, and hustling, you know what I mean? So it just, that hat just kind of fell on my head and off I went, you know? Yeah. Dan, did you get that kind of skill from being on the road? Well, I don't know. I think maybe, um, I, um, I've always kind of had a gift to gab, you know what I mean? I started out my entertainment career as a radio DJ back in the day. And uh, and 
Um, I don't know. I just, I, I really dig hanging out with people. I dig talking with people. I don't really dig selling. That's the hard part for me. I think that's the worst thing in the world. Yeah. That's the hard part for me. I don't mind hanging out with people. I don't I love telling people about the project, you know, but when it comes down time to tell somebody, Hey, I need your money. Um, that's not my strong suit, you know, raising investment capital is a, is a difficult thing to get used to. I think. Yeah. Hundreds of emails, hundreds of phone calls. It's just, uh, I, I burn through two batteries a day on my phone. Easy. Oh, that's crazy. Well, as long as it pays off, that's all that matters, right? Mm-hmm. What I'm hoping is that some of your listeners will come over and check out the website at uh, theshopfilm.com, take a look at what we're doing, and and, and uh, see if they uh, are interested in it. Cool. So are, are you doing it like a, kind of like a Kickstarter, like people can uh, donate to the film? A- absolutely, yeah. We've got a lot of really good um, producer producers, uh, uh, opportunities for people on a lot of different levels you know um we've got investment levels that are you know very reasonable we've also got some that are pretty high depending on what it is you want from the film we can do product placement we can give you a walk-on role um there's you know we can give you a percentage of the back end there's lots of stuff that we're offering cool that's that's awesome so since this is a podcast about heavy metal and I want to make the tie-in so our listeners really get it and maybe go out and check out your stuff, tell us how you are. Are you a metalhead from the beginning? I know I've heard you've got some stories and you've been on the road with some people. And actually, Chris yeah. has a question too about being on the road. So uh, my, my experience in the music business, it started out as uh, I was a uh, security guard guarding the stacks for a, a metal band called Mortuary. Oh yeah, yeah, and there, oh yeah, and there's the question Chris has, and we're going to interrupt you for a second. Go ahead, Chris. What's that? Well, okay, so how many of the cabs <laughs> on tour were real, and how many what were empty? That? How many of the cabs, the guitar cabinets on tour, were real, and how many were empty? The ones that we were using, everything was real. Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah. We didn't know if it was like the old Motley Crue or Judas Priest thing where they had them all just lit up and then they were using like a fender under the stage or something. Yeah, right. No, these guys, these guys were for real. They were using their own stacks and, and I was guarding them um, from the moshers, you know? Yeah. And at that, at that point, I had not had a lot of experience with moshing. So when this thing kicked off, I thought it was a riot. <laughs> and uh, nice. and uh, the guys didn't give me any heads up. They just said, if anybody gets too close to the stack, stop them. So they're, they're moshing around this circle as they go around. And this one guy came in and almost ran into the stacks. And I clocked him one. He fell down. He got back up. He got back into the melee and he went back around. And I expected him to come back around and give me a shot when he came, when he, when he, when he showed back up. Um, and he just threw up the devil horns and told me, awesome bouncer, dude, <laughs> and went right on around the road, you know. And I thought, my God, I'm getting paid to hit people that like it. nice i went from that i uh i worked with that band for a while and then uh i had the opportunity well another metal story that i got to offer is uh when i was uh living in maui i was uh security for uh, a bar called tigers which was a very popular bar 
And one night Dave Mustaine was in there and this was, I don't know if he's still drinking, but this was when he was drinking real heavy and he was just sloshed. I mean, sloshed. <laughs> and everybody was trying to hang out with him and take pictures. This is before picture cell phones. This is when people had cameras and they were trying to hang out with him and lift his head up and take pictures with him. And, and it was just, it, it was ridiculous. So I went over there and I made sure everybody left him alone until I could pour him into a car and get him back to his hotel. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's when you nice. know you're wasted, right? Like I need a photo with you. Lift my head up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, little time went by and I ended up managing a, uh, a psychobilly band called the downshifters. They were just, they were just insane. And, uh, in some ways they were probably crazier than, uh, some of the metal bands that I worked with. Really? But, uh, they had a, they had a tune called Elvis's last hit was the floor. That's oh, who these guys Jesus were. Go, man. That's who these guys were. You know what I mean? They were, they were off the chain, you know? I worked with them for a while, and then I got into radio, and I started being a radio DJ, and I started hanging out with other rock stars, and I had a real good time doing that stuff. Where were you DJing at? In the state of Hawaii, on the Big Island. Oh, cool. Is that wow, where you're nice. from, Hawaii? No, I'm from California, but I was out in Hawaii for about 10 years. Well, just hanging out, enjoying the weather? Well, I was, a, I was a radio DJ. I had a motorcycle shop and a tattoo shop. Oh, cool. Are you a tattoo artist? Yeah, I've been tattooing since I was a kid, man. My uncle Eddie taught me how to tattoo when I was 16, and I've been doing it ever since. Oh, fucking egg. Where that's, can we see some of your work? Um, there's some of my work out there on the net. Um, you can probably go to bobbyleeblack.com and see some of my stuff. Cool. I think there's still some up there. Yeah, there was a tie-in perfectly, and now you can go ahead and give that plug again. Now that you know you got some metal blood running through your veins, what's the... Uh, Kickstarter spot or the uh, oh, actually, the website is uh, theshopfilm.com. There you go, and it's and it's yeah. about a tattoo shop and all the crazy shit that goes on in it. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And, it's, and I imagine but, a lot of a lot of what happened to you somewhere along the road and all the stuff has sort of made its way in there, protecting absolutely. the innocent, right? Yeah, all the go. stories, all the stories that I tell in the movie actually happened. <laughs> but, but the names have been changed to protect the innocent. They have. Yeah. But I have a buddy oh, cool. in, in Canada who's a tattoo artist, and he has like this. He's like, I'm not going to name any names, but here's what happened at my shop today. <laughs> and he, yeah. He always gives his story, and it's so fucking crazy. I'm like, really? Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing the things that happen inside a tattoo shop. It just boggles the mind. Every time I think I've seen it all, another one will show up with something that even blows my mind even more. So, all right. So Give us a crazy story. Something crazy right, that's yeah. happened to you in a tattoo shop. All right. So this guy that looks like Don Knotts comes into my shop and he says he wants a tattoo on his hip of a bird. So I'm like, okay, whatever, dude. But it turns out he wants it on his butt cheek. So <laughs> I tattoo it on his butt cheek, whatever. He comes back in a few days later and gets a butterfly on the other butt cheek. So I'm like, all right. And then a little time goes by and he comes in, he says he wants to do a bikini bottom of, of uh, vines and birds and flowers and butterflies. So over a year's time, I tattoo everything that is within the bikini bottom. I mean, everything. Um, 
and uh, and 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 it was a really awkward year. You know? <laughs> yeah. How much? How much must that hurt? Oh, I can't even imagine. But he was digging it. You know, he was into it. He was he was he was having a ball. So, so I got to ask you now, even the boys. Oh, the boys, everything. <laughs> there was nothing left. <laughs> we got we got the, did... we got we got the general. We got the duffel bag. We got the <laughs> the we got the taint. We got everything. I can't imagine, like, hey, how was your day, honey? Great. I was uh, tattooing nuts all day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hope he showered. <laughs> oh. Yeah, oh. Some, day, some days are better than others in every job, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, here's so, the question. Did it move? He had the pump. Oh. He had the pump, man, so it just pumped right up for me, and it was easy to tattoo. Oh yeah, because oh yeah, because you would have to do that, right? Otherwise, it wouldn't work. Well, you you can twist it over a pop can, you know. Oh wait, what? wait, whoa, 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 wait a second! <laughs> wait a second. We got to go shortly because we got another one coming up, but you got to tell me what you're talking about. Twist it over a pop can. Okay, so imagine you got a pop can in your hand, kind of like a throttle on a motorcycle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You put that underneath the Johnson, and then you put your thumb on the head of the thing, and you twist so that it so that it's. I'm already kind of out, but stretches over the can. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this gonna I gotta ask you another question. Then is there a? Uh, I mean, I'm guessing you've done this more than once. Then. Oh yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I've done it enough times that I have a system now. <laughs> I guess the can system. We just gave it away. Yeah. Your trade secret. Uh oh. Yeah, we have <laughs> yeah, right. That's that's my that's my that's my big trade secret right there. I can't I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, yeah. You're like, right. one second, I just have to finish this Coke. Then I'll tattoo. <laughs> right. <laughs> so this may not even be valid because you may have answered it already, but what's the craziest thing you've tattooed? The craziest place. Is that it? Um, well, I'll put it like this. There's no part of the human body I haven't tattooed on a male or a female except for the eyeball and the tongue. Wow. <laughs> All right. All right. I don't know about that, that whole eyeball thing. I don't know, but I've been seeing that here and there every once in a while. And yeah, I don't know. I don't mess around with that. No, I guess each his own, but even I guess a liability would probably suck as a tattoo artist as well. I would be afraid of making somebody blind. Yeah, that's know? what I'm saying. No way. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Well, cool, man. I don't have anything else, Chris. I don't, but now I want to see this film. <laughs> is, is there is there well, is there any Johnsons a, over a pop can in the film? <laughs> I hope so. No, we're not. We're 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 going to try to keep it at least at an R. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> so. but yeah, if you want to go and check out a clip of the uh, of what we originally did is we shot a, a an episode of a series that we were thinking about putting together and that's where the idea came from and there's a clip on the website at uh, the shopfilm.com and awesome. you can go watch that and get kind of a gist on what we're doing awesome perfect thank you for taking the time man i really appreciate it good luck with everything and i encourage our listeners to go check it out and uh maybe you'll see some of those stories you got from the road <laughs> right on man thank you very much for your for your time Thanks, man. Thank you, Bobby. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Later, my friend. Bye. Welcome to my 120 seconds of Brutally Delicious. I'm Ashley, and this week I'm focusing on rot. 
They're a tough as nails trio from Casper, Wyoming. Rock classifies their genre, I guess, as heavy metal. Um, that's what it says on their Facebook, which I don't know what I would put them in. I guess I'd put them in that because they literally have so many style influences that just vary from song to song, album to album, while granted still being able to capture their own distinct sound. So I think that deserves a huge pat on the back. Um, they've got three full-length albums and one EP out. Um, their newest album is Triple Black. There's a song called Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll that I really like, except it, it's going to make you want to go to your local bar and start a fight, or five, probably, because I definitely just didn't get done doing that. Um, the entire album is full of dirty riffs and strong mids, and you can just really tell that they're giving an explosive effort to keep true inspiring heavy metal alive you're going to want to turn it up wherever you are and if you've already heard it you're already going to have it up so i would suggest investing in some assless chaps and cowboy hat and running around your yard like a billy badass because this pretty apocalyptic sounding album is just going to make you want to freaking kick ass so you can go find triple black anywhere music can be found like apple music spotify or youtube and we will catch you next time. Ride em, cowboy! Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The, the Corner, Corner of Grey Street. Street.